What's going on, everybody? It's Halloween week. It's been very spooky. Things is happening like crazy. This is Big T Will. I got my producer extraordinaire, Mr. Nat Marlowe. Welcome everyone into another edition of Philly Full Court Press. Hit that applause button, Nat. Hey, Nat, man. What's up? How you doing this Halloween week? T Will, what's up? This has been a great week. If you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan. And do you know why, T. Will? Do you know why? Tell me why, Nat. Listen this. Listen to this, man. We got some breaking news. Daryl Morey, the 76ers, are working on a deal to make Daryl Morey the overseer of basketball operations. Ergo, the president of the Philadelphia 76ers. And on top of that, Dan Burke and Sam Cassell will be assistant coaches for the 76ers as well. Just some yeah. breaking news right there that we had to share with y'all. Listen, man, this is breaking stuff. This stuff was happening this week, and it's a lot to get into. A lot to get into. So I got a couple questions that we should deal throughout the show. One is Daryl Morey. We talked about him. What's his vision for the 76ers? Uh, who's the other guy that's assistant coach, Nat? Dan Burke. Dan Burke. And we got our wish, man. Sam Cassell, who everyone everyone who said, oh, no one has mentioned Sam Cassell. Why are the Sixers talking about Sam Cassell as who your head coach? Well, everyone's getting their wish because Sam Cassell is going to be one of your assistant coaches. So there you go. So Bert, Mr. Uh, Daniel Burke, he was uh, – Potentially going to be a head coach for the Indiana Pacers. He was on their staff. And he's a, a, a friend of the family, we should say. Because uh, back then when the Sixers played the Pacers, you know, he said, I hate playing Philly. I hate playing Joel Embiid. All he does is flop. And right into it, Joel Embiid sends out a Troel tweet just on point. Welcome to the family. Now we can both do what I like to do best. And put hashtag Philly forever. Like, this guy stays on top of this, man. He's like, he stays right on top of social media. So, we bring in Mr. Birch and we bring in my guy. I've been talking about this guy for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And it just didn't seem right to see Doc Rivers on the sideline and not have Sam Cassell next to him. Sam Cassell's coming to Philadelphia. I also talked about Daryl Morey. I had uh, people reaching out saying we needed a emergency podcast. Nat, now do you think we need an emergency podcast if we've been giving them the information for weeks on end? No, because let me tell you, we are the premier Philadelphia 76ers podcast. And if you've been listening to us for a little while now, we've been talking about this for months. We have been breaking down this for months. We're not Nostradamus. We didn't write it in stone or anything. We didn't say these were going to be definites, but we definitely introduced the possibility of scenarios like this happening. And this is just the best of the best of all possibilities right now because we have Doc Rivers as our head coach. We bring in an experienced mind like Daryl Morey in as the president of basketball operations. We have Elton Brand as our GM who wanted to bring in Basketball-minded people. Well, basketball-minded people are coming in with Doc and Daryl Morey. Then on, on top of that, Dan Burke and Sam Cassell as assistant coaches on this team. Th- this, is, this is what we have been dreaming about 
for years now. And everything's just coming full circle. I, I mentioned this to Anthony. Sam Hinkie died for our sins, and Daryl Morey is here for the resurrection. <laughs> I think you said that to me too, actually, uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, listen, the Sixers did exactly what the fan base was screaming about and local media. They constructed a front office with basketball-minded people. They probably got the, I would say, top three presidents of basketball operations in the NBA with Maury, okay? So you get you bring in Maury. Maury has a relationship with Doc going back to 06 with uh, Doc's first two years in Boston. Maury was there before he left in 07 to take the uh, assistant GM role in Houston. You bring those guys back. You bring those guys back in to the mix together. They have a good relationship. And now that I start piecing this all together, Nat, it seems to me that when I said the Sixers was playing us, and yeah, they were playing us, but they played us the, the wrong way. Because I used to say the Sixers were playing us and we were going to not get what we deserve. And they fooled, they fooled us. They really fooled us bringing in these heavy hitters. So anyway, you have Daryl Morey and, and, and Doc Rivers. And I think Doc Rivers wasn't coming here unless Maury was coming here. So I think that Maury thing was already, let's say, in the notebook before Doc even thought about it. And then once Doc and Maury probably touched base, they made this thing happen. Say, Doc, get in, get yourself situated. Let me get my stuff uh, cleaned up over here before I, you know, resign and do what I got to do. And let's meet up in Philly and see if we can make something special happen. These are things that aren't going to get leaked out. It's like a, it's only an opinion. It's a it's a it's my opinion. It's a thought. So those those two seem like it work hand in hand. Doc putting together this tremendous. Uh, you could pay, you could probably compare this bench of coaches to maybe the Olympics because that's how strong minded and strong will these coaches are. So you have a defensive coach in 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 Burks. You have a defensive coach in Jaeger. You bring in an uh, offensive guard player and Cassell. Uh, you you retain two coaches from the previous regime. Udoka is still out there on the t- on the staff. I'm not sure if he's staying or going. He's still up in the air. We'll soon find out with that. And you start if Roy Rogers is potentially still out there. I'm not sure if that deal went through or not yet for the big man Roy Hibbert. I don't know if he he got his walking papers or not, but he was with the big man. You bring in Karwanga for your uh, scouting, and then you give him Jameer Nelson. So everything just lined up, right, right in place. And you know, let's 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 keep it one hundred. And squash to talk about. Elton Brand has no voice. Elton Brand is not making any moves. Elton Brand is this. Elton Brand is that. Sometimes some people's heads as hard as the long as the days are long. Okay, let's get this one one and clear. I will hold anyone accountable on the Sixers organization needs to be held accountable. I've held the front office accountable, held Elm Brand accountable. I asked where his voice, who's in charge, plenty of times on the episodes, right, Nat? Absolutely. You've held everyone accountable. You you love Matisse Thibel. You've held Matisse Thibel accountable. You love Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. You've held them accountable. God knows you've held Brett Brown accountable, and you've held Elton Brand accountable too. So Elton, you've held everyone accountable. You have to because of the situation at hand. Our window is, you know, I don't want to see the window of opportunity close so tight, especially with Brooklyn coming on the heels now with KD and Kyrie. 
So you got to hold these guys accountable. So you got to look at it like this. Alan Branch came out and Nat had played it over and over again on different shows. I want basketball-minded people in this organization. I want to build something that we can grow for years on years. I'm not looking to trade Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I'm looking to complement their skills with better offensive player and well-rounded NBA players that make them better as well. Ellen Brand has done exactly what he said. So he had a little riff with management good. So that tells me right there he had a voice because he wasn't sold on D.A. Tony, but the organization was. They they weren't sold on Ty, Ty Lu, but Elton Brand was. So they had a back and forth. So how are you going to tell me that Elton Brand doesn't have a voice if he's actually defending what he wants? That doesn't make any sense. So before Maury comes in, Elton Brand already started making pieces. He's already started putting pieces into the puzzle. He got the head coach. Him and Doc Rivers hit it off instantly from what people are saying. So they hit it off. Doc Rivers, the way I'm putting this together, and Maury, we're talking in back channels. Maury's coming over. Meantime, Elton Brand brings in Carwanda, Jameer Nelson. And now you have Dan Burke. Dan Burke. Now you have Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell for uh, Doc, and Doc who Rivers. Could, who could forget Dave Yeager, too? Dave Yeager. So, yeah, Doc brought those guys in, but they were all – on board with what Alan Brand wanted. So Alan Brand reconstructed part of the front office and said, Daryl Morey, the front office always wanted him. They wanted him before Sam Hankey, but they took Sam. So now go figure Sam's out. Sam's vision is still somewhat here. And you bring in the guy who Sam tutored under. That's not saying Elton Brand doesn't have a voice. That's giving Elton Brand a voice. That's giving him something to lean on. This guy now could be a sponge, like Sam Hankey was a sponge to Daryl Morey in Houston. Ellen Brand could be a sponge to Morey in Philadelphia. And then you give someone strong like Didwitty to be Elton Brand's assistant GM. I don't get it, Nat. I just don't get why everyone's saying, oh, Elton Brand doesn't have a voice now. He shouldn't make any decisions. He, he just has a title. General manager. That runs the day-to-day operation. A general manager is running the basketball day-to-day operation. We're still going to – Yes, exactly. And let me stop people right there thinking, Elton Brand doesn't have a voice. Oh, all Elton Brand's going to do is just do whatever Daryl Morey tells him. Let me stop everyone right there. This isn't a matter of bringing a bunch of basketball masterminds in here. Not just basketball minds. Basketball masterminds in here and just giving them duties and ranks like you're in – the military. That's not what this is about. The 76ers organization right now is being run like the Avengers right now, in my humble opinion. <laughs> because the way I see it, you don't bring in top-end talent like this for your front office and your coaching staff if you're not trying to go for it all here. Plus, even if it was the case where Elton Brand's voice was diminished, who cares? You're making all the right moves to help this organization win, to make this organization accountable. Because with all of these basketball voices in here, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they're not only going to hear it from Doc Rivers, you know, they're going to hear it from Sam Cassell, Dave Yeager, and they're also going to hear it from uh, Dan Burke as well. Because when one of those guys speaks, I heard Keith Pompey say this earlier today, when one of those guys speaks, 
Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they're going to listen to him. They, you're not just going to ignore voices like that. You, you have no choice. These guys have done it. Sam Cassell has been in the league forever. He's won championships. Doc Rivers has been in the league forever. He's won championships. Dave Yeager is a gifted young assistant. Burks is a gifted young assistant. Both potential head coaches if they wanted to be. You have no choice. I, I stated, been on record, and being in Simmons is in for a rude awakening. They want to come and play. Now you bring in a guy like Maury who has a vision, and I think his vision, he's going to work with what he has. People instantly, from what my initial reaction from what I'm seeing, oh, Maury's coming here, he's going to trade and beat in Simmons. Let's pump the brakes on that. Because when Maury was in Houston, originally he tried to get Dwight Howard from L.A. That's a big man. Before he had made the trade to pull off for James Harden, he built around James Harden and that type of player. He will build around what he has. He has Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who win 65% of their games when they play together. I don't think Doc Rivers will come here to coach one of two. I think he's going to coach both of them. The pieces that are going to get moved, we know Horford's contract is a disaster. We know that's potentially going to get moved. I don't need any source to tell me that. I don't need I don't need I don't need to to see these crazy wackadoo trades out here either. We know Horford's trade is Horford's contract is going to get moved. We know the the easiest contract to move is Josh Richardson. That's more favorable. And I think that's a spot that needs to be upgraded. Keep an eye out. I keep saying this. Keep an eye out at West, potentially Dallas uh in play. They got plenty of guard, shooting guards that could fill the void that we need. The Knicks now look like they're having a fire sale. I don't really see anyone that I would want from the Knicks, to be honest. I, I'd have to look at the roster again, but right now I don't see anyone that I would really want from the Knicks to uh, to deal. And and that's just saying, and that's just being reasonable, I'm being logical. I'm not just going to move Horford's contract just to say it's good, it's going, it's out of here, because all you're doing, you're going to replace that money with the players. And those players need to contribute. So if those players don't contribute and you move Horford's contract, then you might as well just keep Horford because Horford didn't contribute that much anyway. It has to make basketball sense. The guy that I'm fear that I'm fearful is Matisse. That's the guy I'm fearing. I fear that Matisse could one of the teams could want Matisse in the trade package. And I, I quite frankly, I don't want to get I don't want to give up on I don't want to give Matisse out there. And it's a tough one, man. It's a tough it's a tough angle, and it's something to swallow hard. And I just think back to the Landry Shamit when we got Tobias, and that if people want to move Tobias. Tobias isn't going to get moved because Doc has a relationship with him. Yeah, plus like people are probably going to want to expect you know top, Tobias Harris to have another career year with Doc Rivers, and with the possibility of moving Al Horford, teams wanted to take that bad contract on. I mean, they're not going to want to take that bad contract on, and you know if there isn't some sort of benefit down the line for him and I think that benefit could be Matisse Thibel he is an interesting piece and he is a, a terrific piece to add on to any team especially if you're going to take on a bad contract like Horford whoever you're going to trade Horford to you're going to have to just sweeten the pot up a little bit here it's good yeah and you this is where you got to get creative got to get creative with cash consideration options you got to get creative you got five picks you got one in the top 25 i think there are 21 you have the contract you have um future picks as well you got to get creative 
And I think the best-minded person outside of, what's his name in Toronto? Missouri? Missouri? Masayori? The next brilliant mind that I can think of is Daryl Morey that we have. So they're going to get creative to make things happen without moving Ben and Joe. So coming up, Doc and Morey again. We're going to talk about the trades. We're going to talk about the workout plan that I'm on. Going to bring that up later on in the show. We'll bring up what we're sipping on later on as well. And we have a special guest this week from 97.5, Farzetta in the morning. We got Mr. Jamie Lynch going to jump on, Philly Four Court Press. We'll pick his brain a little bit about all the, the moves that are happening this week. Hey, Nat, it's Halloween week, man. So a lot of spooky things is happening as we see. What's your uh, go-to candy in Halloween, Nat? And if you say my go-to candy, and if you say candy corn, I'm hanging up. No, I <laughs> that is not my go-to. I will say I like it, but it's not a go-to. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Go ahead. It's not a go-to. I haven't had it in a while, so now you got me craving it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Want want want. Uh, my go-to, my go-to candy, Kit Kat bar, and uh, it, this is an underrated one, I think. Crunch bar. I love crunch bars. Okay, all right, you know, not bad, not bad. Uh, Halloween go-to was always the mini Snickers, the one-biters. Definitely enjoyed those. And uh, any type of M&Ms or Skittles or something, I was always cool with that. But uh, Snickers is definitely a Halloween classic. Oh, yeah, Reese's Cups, Reese's Cups. Used to check them, make sure they were all legit, and pop them in the freezer every once in a while. But, uh... Yeah, man. So we going. Everyone's going to enjoy Halloween week. I'm sure uh, we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, one quick thing I want to touch, Nat, before we go into our first break here, was uh, Woj, Woj bombs, Wojnarowski, Mr. Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj drops all the information. Okay, Woj is only going to drop information that he receives from the teams. The teams are telling Woj gets first dibs. Everyone knows that he's the national guy. He's the guy in the NBA that gets first dibs. If the Sixers said, we got Daryl Morey, we're going to give this to Woj first, they give it to Woj, and then the lead beat writers get it next. Okay? So Woj drops the information first, and then the the local guys get it second. Sometimes the local guys get it first, but they got to wait till Woj drops it. Or if Woj... Or if they get the okay from the team, they could drop it. We don't have to agree with everything Woj says. I listened to Woj's podcast. It was very vague. It didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. And it didn't tell me anything that made me want to listen more and more. It was like, okay, cool, yeah, same info. And then I heard Woj in this week with the cuz. And again, I disagreed with what Woj was saying. Woj said that... Potentially, the Sixers might not make anything to the trade deadline. And we might be stuck with the team we have. And you just don't get a third piece without moving Ben and Joe. Where I just described to you how you could get a potential third piece without moving Ben and Joe. There's a difference of guys who are locked in in your local area. And then you got the national guys that are just real vague. So I disagree with Woj right there. I also disagree with Woj when he said Tobias could play the two, three, or four. Tobias can't play the two. So I, I don't know where Woj sees Tobias playing two, three, or four in Doc's offense. I don't see it. Nat, do you see it? Well, him playing the two, 
this isn't necessarily I, I don't want to like flat out defend Woj on this, but I think what he says to buy is playing the two. I mean, the guy covers when you are as reputable and as much of an insider as Woj is. No, you cover every team in the league, any tidbit of news that comes out. I mean, like, Woj is the NBA guy for that. So he covers so many teams. I think for him, it might just be hard for him to keep up with everything at once. And so I don't think he, he's necessarily an expert on Tobias Harris's play, per se. So when he says, oh, Tobias Harris can play the two and the four, you know, I, I – I will go to Woj for inside insider information, information. Right. inside information, <laughs> right. and reporting the news, but not necessarily him like analyzing the Sixers specifically and how Tobias Harris can benefit the Sixers. You know what I mean? I and again, like if anyone thinks I'm insulting, I am not insulting Woj by any means. I mean, he is the Woj bomb for a reason. Correct. It's just when it comes to like the analysis of the Sixers organization and Tobias Harris's style of play, I'm going to look more so to the local people as opposed to the national people when it comes to specifically talking about the Sixers on the court. I'm going to look to people like Keith Pompey, who is the lead beat writer for the Sixers. And then after Keith, I'll look at the Tom Moores, the Derek Bodners, the Kyle Newbecks, so on, so on, and so on. But I'm not looking at Woj for inside information about the Sixers. Maybe, like we said, reporting other things about the Sixers? Yeah, absolutely. Woj is king. He is king of the NBA of getting knowledge. But people, we don't have to agree with him on every word just because it's Woj. It's all right to form your own opinion on, on situations. Woj is very – he was very vague to me talking about the Sixers. When the Sixers were departed from Brett Brown, Woj was the first one to say – what name? Jay Wright. Woj threw that out there. Jay Wright, in this area, we knew. We knew Jay Wright was not going to take that job. And a question mark came up, like, why would you say Jay Wright? Like, Jay Wright has no interest in coaching the NBA right now, and especially during this situation. And at the time, the Sixers front office was a mess. And a lot of that might have been to appease Sixers fans as well, because I think a lot of Sixers fans grew attached to Jay Wright and what he did for Villanova. I think a lot of people saw in Jay Wright what they wanted to see in Brett Brown, you know, a guy who can take a team to not only one championship, but multiple championships. So I think a lot of that was to, I don't want to say get Sixers fans hopes up, but I think some of it was to, I don't know, maybe like lift Sixers fans' spirits up a little bit because, you know, you get them started on, you know, Brett Brown and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I mean, like we can be miserable, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I didn't appreciate it because it, it started a, it started something that didn't need to, to fester, which Jay Wright had to well, Sixers. Well, hold on. Jay Wright, Sixers fans, I believe, were starting in anyway. What? So I, I, I can't blame Woj for that. Well, oh, I can. He lit the match for it by, by saying Jay Wright's name with Ty Lue. Absolutely, because Jay Wright had to come out with a, a statement saying, you know, as gracious as it is, I'm not taking that job. If Woj never lit that match, the talk when it got so hot, that's the kind of weight Woj has. Like, Woj has that kind of weight, dude. I think Sixers fans still would have carried it. I think Sixers fans still would have lit the match. It would have so, been. Like, a... This is where, like, we got to agree to disagree. 
but I understand where you're coming from with it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, I just feel like Woe just reported on it was real vague. He gave us the Daryl Moore. Daryl Morey, and he, you know, and the first thing he went, he went to that hot button, trading one of the stars to get a third star. You don't do that. We're not doing that. So don't listen to it. Use your common sense. And also, like this is this is another thing I got to mention up. He also said, you know, don't expect Daryl Morey to wave a magic wand around and think that he has this magic pull to bring in star players simply because he's with the Sixers now and like the tenure he's had in the NBA. Just don't expect him to magically do things. Right. And then just like the Harden situation, everyone wants Harden in two years. Harden has like a, like almost, if you add everything up, almost like a 20 million uh, option. We talked about that, right? And that he's going to be at 2023, he's going to be making almost $47 million if he stays with Houston. He's at like 35, 36 right now. So his number increases, in the, and it, you know the incentives are going to be built in on top of that. And Harden's a player that's going to get his incentives. Almost $47 million? You going to walk away from that? You going to opt out of that to come to Philly? I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it either. Especially because, like, the Harden situation, like, this is another – to me, this is definitely a fan-driven thing. Like, yeah, some, some people in the media, like, are driving that, but this is definitely more so a fan thing. Yeah, but, look, that, and people are saying, "There's like, oh, like you got to trade Simmons for bet for James Harden." It was like, well, who's to say that's even going to happen in the first place? So, I I, I kind of want to quiet that down. I, like, let's not focus on bringing James Harden in over here. I, like, don't, fans don't get like don't have any expectations of that. They're like, don't get your hopes up and don't panic if you're worried about Simmons getting traded. Like just like don't don't worry about it. To me, like that's the last thing on my mind right now. I'm just focused on what the team has already done and what where they're gonna go moving forward in terms of like what good this organization is going to do. Not necessarily who else they're going to bring in or who else is or who's gonna get traded. At the present moment. I'm not speculating too much right now because so much has already happened. I'm going to play. I'm going to spin the wheel on that and and talk from the Houston Rockets standpoint. Why am I going to give Daryl Morey, who just left me, the best one of the best players in the NBA and the best player on our team? Just get them. Why would I do that? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. They still have Harden under contract. They still got Westbrook under contract. They're going to build around that. They got a good coach, good young coach in us, Paul Silas Jr. You know, he's been with the Mavericks for the past couple years. And good players, too. I don't want to blow that up. No. No. Houston ain't blowing that up. Come on, y'all. Stephen A. Smith. I mean, with Mike. Stephen A. Smith said it. He said it's a fantasy thought. It's a fantasy dream. But I don't think anyone picked up on it. You you're not going to get James Hart. It's a fantasy thought. That and with Mike D'Antoni out of there, like you might not as much as they want more of a defensive presence with D'Antoni out of there. I don't think you're going to need if I'm the Houston Rockets or if I'm if I'm GM of the Houston Rockets. The way I would look at it is I don't think I would necessarily need to bring in Ben Simmons to help this team defensively. No, I think with D'Antoni gone, just bring in a coach who's more defensively minded and still use James Harden as an offensive mastermind and just play ball. I agree with you. 
Hey, man, this is Big T Will. That's my man, Nat Marlowe. This is Philly Full Court Press. We're powered by Last Out Media Network. For more information about Last Out Media Network, why don't you hit them up at lastoutmedianetwork.com. We'll be back after these commercial breaks with Jamie Litt from 97.5. They say that great teams are built on teamwork, unity, and camaraderie. They say that great teams succeed when everyone's voice is heard, when everyone's included. We laugh together, build together, we lift each other up. They say it takes a lot of hard work to be a great team. So we say, let's get to it. We're never alone. And that is our strength. Because when we're doubted, we'll play as one. When we're held back, we'll go farther and harder. If we're not taken seriously, We'll prove that wrong. And if we don't fit the sport, we'll change the sport. We know things won't always go our way. And the world's sporting events are postponed or canceled. But whatever it is, we'll find a way. And when things aren't fair, we'll come together for change. We have a responsibility to make this world a better place. And no matter how bad it gets, we will always come back stronger. Because nothing can stop what we can do together. With coronavirus still spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you are over 65 or if you have any serious underlying medical conditions like heart disease, chronic lung disease, diabetes, or if your immune system is compromised for any reason. If you're at higher risk, wash your hands frequently with soap and water for 20 seconds. Avoid touching your face. Disinfect frequently touched objects and wash up after being in public spaces. And when it comes to social situations, less is better. Stay six feet or two arm lengths away from other people. Better still, stay home if you can. If you're sick, please stay home and away from others. And if you think you've been exposed to the virus, call your healthcare provider before going to their office. In challenging times, the choices you make are critical. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. Everything's off. You wonder, where are we? When the present carries historic weight, it feels like all we can do is wait. But in this moment, we won't break. We're held together by our aunt who shows no fear in the face of danger. Our neighbor, who lends a hand. Our pop, who runs from nothing. Our niece, who brings peace to a perfect stranger. Our friend, 
whose calls go beyond four walls. Our daughter, who put the room in motion. Our brother, who broke the silence when we needed it most. Heart will lead us back together. Back to first and goal with all of us on our feet. A walk-off with hugs all around. A miraculous save that has us buzzing for days. A three to seal it as we erupt. Until then, we root for what we've always rooted for. Like our greatest moments. Watching in slow motion. Hearts worn in our sleeves. No backing down from the fight. Laid it all out on the line. That's what brings us together time after time. Here, we don't quit when we've had enough. We don't hang up the gloves. We rise above. This is the city of brotherly love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Philly Full Court Press. T. Will here with Nat Marlowe. And as we said earlier, we got a special guest on the show. My man from 97.5 Morning Show, Farzetta Team. You know him as the bro. Big friend of the show. Me and him never agree, but we always disagree to agree. Yeah. Ladies, and ge- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hit that pause button, Nat. Jamie Lynch. What's up, guys? What's happening? What's going on, bro? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Sixers make big moves, have a big day, and you call on me. I appreciate it. Listen, man, I got to go to the big homer in Philly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Daryl Morey's number one fan. Listen, if I don't do that and get to the bottom of things on how things work out, then I'm not doing my job. <laughs> so, 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 bro, listen, let's start with uh, the doc. We're going to start from, from start to finish, okay? Yeah. So tell me, when the Sixers – took Doc Rivers on within 72 hours. What was your hindsight? What, what, was, what did you see? I thought it was the best possible hire they could have made. They kind of got lucky all offseason how they their hires have come from somewhat unexpected firings or movings on in Rivers and now uh, Maury. So they, they've been – their patience has oddly paid off. I, I don't want to say they got lucky, but they, they played the game right. They didn't rush to anything. Uh, and they got lucky with the Doc Rivers, you know, firing from Los Angeles. And there was nobody out there that really wowed me. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, when you get a guy like Doc Rivers, it, it's a no-brainer to go get him. So, you know, I think it's a stabilizing force in that franchise. And I think that's extremely important right now. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. They do need some stability. What shocked me about the Doc Rivers situation was how fast it went down. Yeah, You know, kudos to the Sixers because uh, in a couple episodes I did say, you know, cross your T's, dot your I, and don't go after the first name. And we all know the first name was Ty Lue, Doc's assistant. And then from there, it was the Jay Wright. But we, I mean, let's be honest, us in Philadelphia here on the east side, we knew that. uh, Jay was never coming. Yeah, we knew Jay wasn't coming. So, okay, that got whitewashed. And then the name that was so – I, I, I mean, it was on the front burner was D'Antoni. Okay. Yeah, I was anti that. So uh, uh, give me a reason. Why were you so anti D'Antoni? 
not completely anti. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. I mean, he is known as an offensive genius. You know, he made it work with Amari, but he also had Steve Nash. I just didn't see his style fitting with Ben and Joe. I didn't think Joe had the endurance to play his style all game. And, <laughs> and I didn't think Ben had the shooting ability to play his style. Uh, obviously, he can create a ton of open looks for his teammates. And maybe D'Antoni was appealed by that. But I don't know. You know, just an older guy had been here before. I just, I just, it didn't feel right to me. I, I listen, man, I, I, I've been on record. I said that would be my last and least and worst hire if the Sixers went that route because it just didn't fit. D'Antoni's style, like you said, style play didn't fit. Um, they would have to do a lot of, a lot of major reconstruction of the roster. And I think it would have just been too much work just to bring in that type of coach. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was unappealing. But like I, I didn't think it was worst case scenario. But I wasn't going to be pumped about it. Yeah, we would have had to get ourselves up for it. Yeah, as they yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Try to get ourselves up for that one. So okay, so D'Antoni is sitting there on the stove. You know, so the stove gets simmered down a little bit. Doc gets up. Doc's now the forefront. Doc's in. So Sixers hire Glenn Doc Rivers for the establishment now. Doc, all of a sudden, he pulls Dave Yeager in. Yeah. Like, go figure. My man Devon at the station uh, was talking about him as a possible head coach from the start of this. And, you know, when when you have that type of reputation in the league to be considered, you know, a candidate for head coach and, and you get that guy as your assistant coach, and then, you know, I'm sure we'll get to the Sam Cassell news too. I mean, that that's that's nothing but icing on the cake. Well, we could talk about the Sam Cassell news because that was our breaking news earlier in the show as well. Uh, Sam Cassell, that was my guy. That was the guy yeah. I've been pounding on the table for, for for weeks on end. And it just seemed like the perfect fit with Sam Cassell coming to reunite with Doc Rivers. He's been with Doc Rivers pretty much everywhere he's been, mm-hmm. basically. And, you know, and Sam Cassell seemed like the odd man out of all the coaching hires. I mean, he had an interview with Houston. I don't think they were in love with him, but he was also the third assistant on, his, on the staff as well. So, you know, why not? Doc, make the phone call, bring Sam in. So now you got Jaeger for defense. You got Sam Cassell for your guard. I mean, I, there's still rumors out there with uh, Roy Rogers potentially coming in, being the big man uh, coach for um, MB. You retain Eric Hughes. So, I mean, this is shaping up to be an all-star roster. Co- coaching roster, yeah. I mean, it's got to be one of the, the most experienced you know, coaching staffs in the league. It's really exciting, you know, to go from what was here and, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, that them letting the inmates run the asylum was one of the biggest problems with the Sixers. I, I think with those three veteran coaches coming in, there's no more, uh, no more of that. There's going to be a little more – demanded respect for, for the entire process. So I think that's nothing but a positive. It's going to be uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Uh, you're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. Be, you know, be prepared to be coached. Yeah, I don't think Doc's going to uh, – you know, look, he, he – if you have you watched that Netflix series on him? He looks like he's – it's uh, that coaching series. Nat, what's the name of that series you had me watching? Uh, it's called the playbook, a coach. Yeah, the rules playbook. Life. And I mean, yes. Doc seems like a very inspiring dude. So uh, I, 
you know, you hope these guys now, Joel's what entering year six now all of a sudden and Ben's year four. So it's like, you hope that it kind of snaps too with them. Like if they really liked and respected Brett on a human level, then maybe they're going, Oh damn, you know, we got that guy fired. And, you know, like <laughs> I think they maybe that's a little cold water in their face going, all right, let's, you know, this, this doc guy, everybody seems to love let's, let's play for him. So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I always said that those two took advantage of the situation they had and the opportunity they had under Brett. And, you know, on the flip side of that, Brett didn't do anything to fix that issue. Yeah. You know, he let it play out. So it was both 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 parties were at fault. Obviously, the coach took the fall, and now the players are yeah. – the spotlight's on them. I always, think, know, I always think back to that Miami trip and Ben staying behind a day with Kendall. And, you know, like, would we all want to stay a day in Miami, all expenses paid with Kendall? Sure. But if you're a teammate, like, there's no way that goes over well. After a loss, yeah. you're flying back, you're miserable, and he's staying behind to sunbathe with Kendall. And the, and the fact that the team allowed that, I just went, man, that is that – is Bad look. That's, yeah, it's just some country club stuff. So, I, you know, I don't think that type of behavior will be allowed anymore. And rightfully so. I mean, totally. if you want to win it, if, if Embiid wants to talk about, you know, let's win a championship. I love Philly. I want to stay in Philly. You know, you've been here six seasons. The last four seasons, that's starting to fall on deaf ears now. Yeah. So now it's time to put up, you know? Yeah, these are big These are big step years for these two. Uh, you know, traditionally it's kind of like years three and five where you take your big step. You know, I, I, Joel, I don't know how much better he can get. I think he just needs to – stay healthy and get his endurance up and he'll be a, you know, a dominant player in this league, but Ben has to take that next step. you know, as much as the coaching staff is here, uh, is in place, you know, front office is in place. Ben, Ben's got to give me five to six more points a game. Uh, yeah. Ben, that's the, that, that's like basically that big, big elephant in the room. Everyone knows what Ben has to do. Yeah. It, it's, Ben has to do it. That's just where. And, it comes and if out. it doesn't happen I mean, under Doc, now there's only one person to look at now. And- oh, right, exactly. And then you look at other circumstances that potentially might happen. So Maury and Doc have a relationship. Yeah. They were they were in Boston for Doc's first two years, and then Maury left in '06 to take the um, the the ASGM role in Houston. Then uh, the next year. The, uh, literally 07 he got promoted to GM. Maury he has the experience he has the knowledge players like to play for him. Sam Cassell's on board. Elton Brand has three years left on his contract Maury just signed a five year deal that's a two there's a, there's a window of two years right there so uh, Doc's also got a five year contract so you can see yeah. Maury and Doc are linked together so basically Brand's got like a three-year prove-it-to-me, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems like that. It could even be two if things don't go well because, you know, I, you can always buy out a final year. I, I like the combination. I, you know, uh, Maury's a guy that knows value in this league. He's not going to get swindled in any deals. If there's massive roster change that he wants to enact, I think he's a guy that can do that without getting hosed. Uh, so you combine that with kind of Elton's basketball eye and acumen, and I think it's a good pairing on paper. Uh, obviously, we'll see how they work together. But I, but I think Maury was kind of calling the shots here from the beginning, more or less. I think uh, 
I, I think Doc signed here knowing Maury was going to be hired. Like when you look back on it now and the timeline, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of like they've they've had Maury under their wing now for a little while, and and I and I think that was a big reason why Doc chose here. Now, what do you think with uh, the highest paid assistant in the NBA right now with uh, Udoka? Yeah, what happens with him? That's an interesting one. Um, you know, if you're him, I guess unless a head coach opportunity comes around you're going to keep that highest paid job that's a that's a pretty strong bench with him cassell yeah yeah it's hughes eric hughes is staying yeah and they got that guy um, from indiana today dave uh oh dan burke right dan burke yeah, yeah yeah um who's a defensive specialist so i mean they, they loaded up doc uh doc whistled and, and guys came running so it's it'll be interesting, you know. They're loaded. We'll see. Somebody's going to get a head coaching job next year if the Sixers do well. Hey, listen, man. The the East the East needed this because I felt like where the Sixers were at and how the season ended, that they were actually going to fall out of playoff potential. Yeah. Just with it, just didn't seem like the Sixers were going to be strong enough, you know, to hang out with the big boys in the East with the Boston's, Toronto. Milwaukee, Miami, etc. And you got Brooklyn on the rise as well. So that being said, we know the roster is the next thing to take. Yeah. James, tell me, what do you want to see upgraded on this team the most? Shot creators from the outside. You know, I watched the NBA playoffs because there was so much day basketball and because of my hours, I watched more NBA in the bubble than I had all year. And, and non-Sixers NBA when I say that. And every single game is decided more or less by perimeter play, whether it's a Jamal Murray and Devin Booker going at it or Jamal Murray and Luka, you know, Dame versus Luka, you know, whatever it is, Steph versus Dame. It's all decided by perimeter play, Kawhi versus Le- – I mean, occasionally LeBron gets to the line, but, like, you got to have that shot creation from the perimeter – and you got to have guys that can knock down shots, and that's the Sixers' weakness. I think Tobias Harris will be better under Doc Rivers because Doc knows he's a pick and roll player and will utilize that. But it'll be interesting to see. I need I need some guys that are able to create, take a guy off a dribble, and make a shot. And, and I know that sounds really simple, but it was amazing how little of that the Sixers had last year. So you're looking. So basically, you're saying you need more from the the two guard. Yeah. sounds like. Yeah, I mean, ideally, but, uh, two or three guard uh, should be able to cook somebody and and get a bucket whenever needed from 15 feet and out. And they didn't really have that because Brett didn't run those pick and rolls for Tobias. He can, he can do that to a degree, uh, but you know he didn't have a great playoff, so he kind of turtled. Well, I shouldn't say that he had a couple big games, but a couple games where he disappeared. Um, so, you know, it's like a, you want a Josh Richardson, but a little bit on steroids. I, I think that's the guy who's the odd man out. For I sure. mean, we, obviously we know, yeah, obviously we know Horford is being shopped. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. You know, there's no reason trying to hide it with these sources, yeah. this, source of that. Seems like there's you know, some smoke to that one. Buddy Heald stuff, but I don't know. There's, I don't know if there, there's, Listen, when there's smoke, yeah. there's fire, and you know that, so – I would keep an eye. I would keep an eye on that. You know, don't just discredit that yeah, right away. I mean, keep an eye. Maury, Maury's keep an a eye nut. On that. I mean, that guy will make a trade in the blink of an eye. You know, he has no problem 
trading superstars, trading overvalued players, get like he'll tank, he'll get players back. He knows value. So like that's the biggest thing about him coming in is if there is going to be a roster turnover here, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to work a trade. We'll see what happens. If there's anybody that I'd feel comfortable with moving Al Horford or Josh Richardson or a Tobias Harris, you know, whatever it ends up being, that's the guy you want doing it. I, absolutely. I think personally, I like I said, I want to keep my eye on that Buddy Hill situation because the Kings aren't going to pay you that kind of money to sit on the bench. He didn't even start yeah. out there. You know, and, you know, we we don't know which direction they're going to, but it, it, I'm leaning that they're going to start breaking that up because that starting five didn't get along at all. So you have that going on. I'm going to throw a name at you, okay? So I'm going to say Seth Curry. I, I wanted Seth last year. Yes, me and you yeah. talked about that, remember? I think he's a perfect type of player to bring in here. He, now, Seth Curry. Like eight or nine million, I think. Yeah, and his money matches well with Richardson. Yeah. So the the Dallas, there's reports. Dallas said everyone's on the table except for Luca and Porzingis. So if you're Maury, do you dangle Richardson over there for Seth? Yeah, I would. Um, I think you're losing a little bit defensively, but Seth can run a little backup point if needed in an emergency situation. Yeah, see, there so, you go. I mean, he can handle the ball. You're getting a better shooter, and you're trading off a l- probably a, a little bit better defense with Richardson. So I, I would make that trade because of how much they need shooting. Guy, listen, there's too much. Like I said uh, before, there's too much cement on the mm-hmm. court. You know, we got to loosen up. We got to loosen up the cement. Yeah, a they didn't. Bit. They don't move yeah, well. It'll be interesting to see how Doc no. gets them uh, in a blender a little bit. Now, now the one name is interesting, man, and I think under Doc he will flourish. And not he doesn't have the attitude of this guy, but I think he has the defensive paralysis of this guy. You know, Matisse maybe turning into that uh, Pat Bev type defensive player under Doc. Can you see that? I mean, he showed you. Look, he, uh, rookie's always going to get in foul trouble. It's just learning the league and learning how guys are and how quick they are and all that stuff and what you can gamble with, what you can't gamble with. Uh, but you saw he's a, he's a real difference maker. I mean, there was a lot of time. I love that. Yeah, game. he was instant, you know, instant defense creating offense off the bench. And he's got that long-ass wingspan. He, he seems to have a high IQ where he understands where the passing lanes are going to be. He, he's a guy that can just stick you. And, you know, if you're ever playing pickup ball – you get a guy like that on you, it's your your day sucks. You, you just don't want to <laughs> you don't want to play because they they grind you down and and they get in your head. So yeah, I mean minimal offense, a defensive backbone guy. I can totally see that. Yeah, I would love to see it, but the thing that scares me is I go I always go back to the Landry Shamit. You know, we love we fell in love with Shamit and he got moved. And I personally don't want to see Matisse get moved. I want to see him play under Doc to see what Doc can bring out of him. Mm-hmm. Even like the Avery Bradley type defensive player. Yeah, sure. I mean, but look how big a Avery Bradley was for the Celtics this postseason. Guy played phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's reports, I, I early reports I saw this week that uh, Matisse, and, there, and, there, and like we said, this is rumor. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Nothing of this is solid. But, but, but every winning team part has, of a package. Yeah, every winning team has that type of guy. You know, whether it's Pat Bev or you know, uh, like who we were just talking about in Boston, not Marcus Smart, but uh, uh Bradley. Bradley, who's in L- L.A. now. Yeah, he's in L.A. and he opted to play. 
play out. Uh, every team's got that guy. They got the grinder on defense that you need. So if Matisse can be that on a on a late first round rookie deal, hell yeah, that's a that's a huge bonus for the Sixers. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you can't do. I can't. I don't think you can't move uh, Matisse. I mean, you got to get creative. Yeah. You know, cash that's- cash consideration, some type of option. But I mean, a, a guy that showed us promise like that, I think he has to stay. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem is you always got to give something to get something. So he's obviously one of the few attractive, young, cheap pieces that teams would have interest in. So I mean, if if it's the right trade and I'd have to part with him, I'd be fine with it. But I'm not looking to actively shop him. No, absolutely not. Now I'm dying on this hill here, so you got to help me out, man. I got a 23 year old Turkish guy on the team. <laughs> what do you What are you looking to see from him? Are you, do you looking to see him continue to grow, or are you over the uh, expectations? Uh, I mean, he's only 23. You know, it's like 20. It's crazy that we forget that sometimes. He was like 18, 19 when he came over. Uh, he shows you flashes of being a shooter with a quick release and, you know, an ability to catch fire and carry a team. So it's hard to give up on that, especially for the minimal money he's making. But at the same time, you got to play that guy a lot to find out if he's real and, you know, if he can carry in those stretches. And I don't know how much time they have to give him if, you know, it's like a they're kind of caught in the crossroads with. with yeah. Because he's like he's not good enough to be in your top eight, but he's a difference maker when he when he's on. So, I mean, I'm fine with keeping him and having him as that like ninth, tenth man fighting for that last playoff spot, and and seeing for another year. You know, like his shot is good enough to where I don't want to just give it away. And just the fact that now, once we reshape this roster, we won't have to worry about him trying to dribble at the top of the game. Yeah. You know, he can actually playing his role, come off the pick, come off the uh, bounce a little bit, and uh, actually see what his quick release can give us in that uh, situation. Now, granted, he might be a defensive liability, but that's where I look at the big man and everyone else on the court to step up. You know, when he first came in the league, we had a lot of guys on his team that were defensive liability, but he stepped up, and I feel like he got away from that. He got away from what he was really, really good at because he became this dominant offensive force. But Joel is also a defensive oh, yeah. presence. When when he's locked in, he's a defensive presence. Yeah. And that, and he doesn't get the crown jewel name for nothing. And, and he, uh, I felt like Joel's defense, I don't want to say suffered, but slacked this year. He didn't seem to be – I don't know if whether he was getting drawn out more by opposing teams. He just didn't seem to be and, – and the stats may prove me wrong – I'm just going off a of feel from like last week. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like he was that dominant rim protector. We all know he can be. So, you know, love to get back to that. But you're right. Like, look, if, if Furkan's in there, maybe a guy like Matisse is somebody that covers up some of his defense. So you're going to need other guys to step up when you have those defensive liabilities out there. I, I totally agree with you, man. I just felt like – and let's be honest. Even in B came out when they went to the bubble and said he wasn't feeling it this year. He was upset with the front office, with the way the things went down with Jimmy mm-hmm. and this and that. It's like, yo, man, okay, we get it. The fans were upset about it. You're upset about it. But at some point, you got to put that those feelings aside and come to play yeah. hoop. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. And, and he's too old to be to be acting and pouting like that. Um 
you know, the Jimmy Butler thing. Jeez, like, come on. No, yeah, it's 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 like almost talking about the Foles Wentz Society again. Yeah. I mean, at some at some point, you just gotta just put it. You gotta table that conversation, let it go. Everyone pretty much knows the situation and move on. I mean, you drugged the whole season, and it, it hurt. It hurt his play. He drugged the whole ceiling based off of his feeling. And granted, he had a baby that we didn't know. So yeah, maybe that definitely came into hurt. play. Yeah, yeah, maybe the situation. I'll give him benefit of doubt. Maybe the situation with uh, Anna and and now baby Arthur, you know, not being around them, her sure. symptoms, all of that could have had factor. And, and as a person and a human being, yeah, you understand that. But. To mention that in the bubble and the reset, I just didn't like. I thought it was a bad. I thought it was a weak move and a bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no way that that didn't have an effect on him. Um, you know, I recently had a kid. What that does to you mentally is is different. So, like, I can't imagine go leaving her in that stage to to go. So, you know, I think that definitely had to have an effect on him more than we knew. But the stuff in season, like. It was throughout the course of the season. He was crying about Jimmy from the start. It's like, come on, come on, Joel. We need, we need you, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now I know what else needs you is that seventy-five inch TV. You know <laughs> what, what's going on with that? Yeah, I got it up. It was uh, the first thing I did basically when I got in the house. Uh, pretty, pretty damn excited <laughs> for it. Now, now, how's it working now with the situation? Now, are you still on the iPad? And, and and sharing or you strictly 75 inch right now <laughs> i'm watching a lot of daniel tiger on it these days uh, <laughs> we've just been so busy that i haven't even gotten to enjoy it that much yet i watch a little world series and a little football on sunday uh but i'm off this sunday so i'm really looking forward to being a couch bum and just diving into a day of, ho- of football there you go hey real quick man cowboys week talk to me expectations needs what do you want to see smoke them <laughs> I, I really do. I think they're they're trending up, and the Cowboys are trending way down. Uh, my only fear is that you get that last minute desperation fight from a team, but I, I just don't know if they. Usually, you're doing that on behalf of your coach, and it appears those guys don't even like their coach. So I, I think they, I think they've punted on the season. I mean, they're starting to trade people. They're doing fire sales. I, I don't think anybody's inspired in Dallas. I think I think they run them over. I want this to be a college school. Yeah, by seriously. Halftime. I want to bet the birds and I want to win, and that's that. I want to see. I want to see Carson look good. I want to see Doug have a good game call, good game plan. I want to see the young guys get more exposure, and I. The, we need to start putting this together. I mean, this has been a, a dreadful sports year. For Philadelphia, for sure. so this is Cowboy Week, so let's turn it around. Absolutely, here, you know? I mean, I, they're gonna if they don't win the division, they're pathetic. Uh, so <laughs> you know, you got to take care of business this Sunday on the big stage. Hey, look, man, find my my, my glass of wine over there, <laughs> Mister Jamie Lynch. Uh, Jamie, I know you got some wine on you. What are you doing? I got a little Pinot on? Noir here. See, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I could tell how relaxed yeah. you were. Hey, man, listen, thanks for hopping on the Philly Full Court Press. You guys check out Jamie Lynch and the Farzetta Morning Team Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 a.m. on 97.5 yeah. Fanatic. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe. We'll be back after these commercial breaks. We know that we're asking Americans to do a lot right now. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others 
so that we can protect those who are most susceptible to this virus. A question I often get asked is why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody. Social distancing is really physical separation of people. It's what we refer to when we ask people to say at least six feet apart. Not going to bars, not going to restaurants, not going to theaters where there are a lot of people. It all just means physical separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you. We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person -person spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. Should there be an NFL season? I think there should be an NBA season. I don't know I can say that there should be an NFL season. No one in the medical profession has come to us with a definitive date that things return. We are going to have to learn to live with COVID-19 before we ever get a chance to live without it, or if we ever do. It's virtually impossible, Skip. I don't know how you do this, Skip. The good doctor says, unless players are essentially in a bubble, it would be very hard to see how football is able to be played this fall. Team, now does this raise your level of concern that the NFL will have a full 16-game season? Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo, want you stay? Hey, what's he want? Burger. Hey, Pop, he wants a cheesesteak and a boiga on one bus. What does he want? We do that? We don't do that. We don't, we don't do that. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? You know what you gotta do. Do it. How you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? Something strange going on in Philly. 2-4-1. Philadelphia Eagles. I ain't afraid of no Dallas. I ain't afraid of no Dallas. Hey, Nat. 2-4-1. and four and one. It's Dallas week. We got the Cowgirls coming in. As we just had Jamie say, we want this over by halftime. We want to see a college scorer throw the feet up, collect your bet, and enjoy the night. 
man, if you're placing a bet on this game, do it now because that line's only going to increase. The line's as high as like nine and a half right now for the Eagles. Who is Ben DiNucci? Who is he? I hope, I hope, I hope this don't turn out to be another Joe Webb game. For those who are old enough and know about the Joe Webb game, please, Lord, don't let Ben DiNucci turn into Joe Webb. And the only reason that may happen is if Jim Schwartz and his terrible scheme don't put any pressure on this kid. They need to blitz this kid till the sun comes up. It's Jim Schwartz. They're not blitzing him. They need to blitz this kid until the sun comes up. There needs to be pressure on this kid every second. It's Jim Schwartz. He's going to give this kid every opportunity to throw the damn ball or run I know. I know. I know. But it's Dallas week, so we're going to go from 2-4-1 to 3-4-1. You rocking with me, Nat? I definitely feel more confident going into this game than I felt in previous weeks because Dallas is just a mother mess right now. It's just I have never seen. Like, actually, I, I, you know what, who the Dallas Cowboys remind me of? They remind me of the Ottawa Senators and just how things blew up in their face so fast. So I fast. Mean, right, right, I mean, right. The Senators went from a cup-contending team and everything just blew up in their face like four months later. Any, <laughs> anything bad you could possibly imagine that could happen to a team – happened to them, and it's happening to Dallas right now. It started with that C.D. Lamb pick. Like, I knew that was going to hurt them defensively, but I didn't think it would be, like, this bad for them. Like, my God. I think this it started a- I think it started with uh, Mike McCarthy because I don't think he could coach, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, good point. Everyone was uh, – who was – I? It, his name's escaped me. Who was their head coach before that? The Clapper. The Clapper, Jason Garrett. Now his Jason office- Garrett, that's his name. Offensive coordinator now for the Giants with a uh, local guy. Oh, yeah, Joe Judge, and we all Joe know Joe Judge out right now. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, man, listen, we're all on board. Dallas week, you handle business. But uh, I want to say thanks to uh, the bro for jumping on with us, a uh, friend of the show. As I always say, him and I always disagree, but we always agree to disagree, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, earlier in the show, I said uh, – Paul Silas Jr. And I was meant to say, hey, I was trying to be funny, but you know how it comes off. It's, his name is Steve, Steven Silas. It's Paul Silas' son. But uh, yet, like I said, he's got a lot of knowledge sitting with um, with Rick Carlisle in Dallas and coaching all those uh, stars that came through Dallas. So, you know, good luck to Steve Silas out there in Houston. Good luck with, with uh, James Harden and uh, Westbrook. So, Nat, I didn't get to it, but uh, what you sipping on, man? I have some uh, red wine on me right now. I'm drinking Apothic Inferno. Oh, so you was drinking red wine with the bro, huh? Yeah. He had the Pinot Noir. I got the red blend in here. The uh, Apothic Inferno only comes out around Halloween time. The second I saw it in the grocery store, I said, I need to pick this up right here, right now. Get it while you can. Limited editions only come out during certain times of the year. Kind of like- the only apothic I like. So this is if you're not a fan of the apothic brand, give this one a shot. I recommend it. I, I'll give you a wine that I kind of came in love with earlier in the year. It's the uh, Crimes. Oh, nineteen so, Crimes. Yeah, those yes, are really good. They're really, really nice, good. Old Australian wine. Uh, listen, there's an app. Download the app, and what you can do is you take the app when you open up the app, and you go to nineteen Crimes. 
and you put it on the face of the bottle, each bottle tells you a story on the criminal on the bottle. It's so wild. And they're coming out with new wines all the time. You know, uh, a friend of mine in my old career, Rick Bridgens, he's a vendor for Breakthrough Beverage. He first showed me the app a couple of years ago, and that actually uh, turned me on to 19 Crimes. So, yeah, Rick, if you're listening to the show, thank you for introducing me to some uh, good wine through a very funny app. I'm over here. I got me a, I got me a nice uh, Crown Peach Toddy. So I had to bring out the peach because uh, it's that time of the year. You know, good, nice, nice flavor, nice crisp. I'm sipping on that over here as well. The training, the training workout programs go well. I went through a second week now. I'm feeling stronger. Everything's starting to fall in place. I just know, I know certain areas is uh, starting to uh, pop, which is good. I hope everyone's staying after it. You know, you don't have to kill yourself with cardio to drop weight and get in shape. You know, just do the right thing. Nat, have you seen the uh, Powerade Zero in the uh, six-pack, 12-packs at uh, Acme yet? No, I haven't worked those sections yet. All right. Keep us updated because my man Prez, he said he was looking for him. I know they're at ShopRite, three for 12. Yeah, I'll keep an eye. I'm working an additional day there next, coming next week. So, yeah, I'll keep my, uh, I'll keep my eye out for him, and uh, I'll let you know on the next episode. Nice, nice, nice. And also, shout out to Last Out Media Network for putting in the snack bar. I think uh, we got to hit up Tasty Cake Dom, though, to get some Tasty Cakes in there. Did you see the new snack bar, Nat? No, I didn't. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, I'm coming, uh, you know, uh, the guys over there are doing big things. You know, they got a little little white cheddar popcorn, the Cheetos, uh, little snack packs of chips, uh, the Sun Chips, and a nice big bag of Skittles on the bottom shelf there. They're moving on up. There is one thing. There's there's one thing I gotta say. I have I have to talk about this right here, right now, because I love my job. I love my career. The refrigerator at the radio station has to go. It has to go. So I ran out of uh, Belvita cookies and Pop Tarts and fruit snacks. You know how I like my Pop-Tarts, or I liked them. I ate too many of them that I ran out recently. So I bought these breakfast sandwiches. Well, you got to keep them frozen. I put it in the Fanatic freezer, and I knew the the fridge itself was bad. I didn't know the freezer was bad. I, dude, no. I. Oh, my God. It just Listen, listen. We're, we're, you, Jamie, everybody over there, uh, all you guys need to – just dump it and spend some money and get one of those fridges that has a clear that you can see through, like a, a glass door, a little mini one that you might see in the bar or something. You're right. I'm gonna. We that's what we need a mini fridge. We don't need, need like, a mini a, a fridge. You don't fridge. need that big one because that big. I saw that big one. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It doesn't. Yeah, need, people you don't need that. Like, people just like forget they leave stuff in there. It's just like, dude, like clean it out. Like, come on. Yeah. It's just like it. Oh, like I'm up for. Like I'm gonna Google this in a little bit, but off the top of your head, how much mini fridge costs? About two hundred bucks. Yeah, two hundred. Get a nice one. About two hundred bucks. Same bad. Yeah. yeah, everyone chips in ten bucks. We solve the problem. There you go. Like look I'll, at us look- solving solving problems on Philly Full Court Press. Right before we get into uh, Q and A here, Matt and I have been working on something that's going to be dropping real shortly. We're going to be having some sweatshirts available, some hoodies. And some uh, long sleeve tees, and we're going to be taking pre-orders. Okay, so once everything's set up, 
we're going to need all you guys to uh, hit us up at Full Court Press 76 at Nat underscore Marlo or myself at Big T World 34 and give us your pre-orders. Philly Full Court Press will be taking care of it. We're going to uh, they're going to be setting up either the Venmo or the PayPal. I got to talk to the bosses to see which way they go and, you know, send them a message of your size, address and the payment. We're going to do about now we're going to do like two weeks, three weeks of uh, pre-orders. And then after that, we're going to shut it down. We're going to send everything out. And I say we as a team, but it's, but it's going to be Philly Full Court Press sending everything out. Nat and I are just going to be pushing the items. And part of the proceed is going to get donated. So Nat and I are trying to figure out where we're going to donate it to. It. And I thought, well, since it's coming up with the holidays, you know, let's pick a local food bank to uh, donate some of the proceeds so they could get the turkeys out to the people who can't afford them or who need them. So, you know, Nat, hit that applause button on, on Full Court Press for doing that real big. And uh, we're going to ask everyone, you know, to support it because it's not necessarily for us, it's for the cause. A lot of people are, there's still 71,000, 75,000 people who still applied for unemployment. And anything that we could do to give back you know, we're going to come up with ideas with it, and we appreciate the support we have from you guys who always listen. So, and then if you're a new listener to the show, welcome to the show as well. And we also ask for your support as well, because, you know, we're, we're grateful for the being the situation we're in. So let's pay it forward. And I know the guys that last out media are going to get behind us and uh, Rob and, uh, and John and Vince and everyone else. So that'll be cool. Nat, we got anything to add on that? Man, yeah, I couldn't even put it any better myself, man. Yeah, let's uh, do good work here. And uh, if you want to support the show by doing that, you not only support the show by helping to spread the word out there by getting a hoodie or uh, whatever it is you end up buying, but you end up you know, donating to a good cause as well. Yeah, this is a great time to do it. With the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving, and then we're going to have Christmas coming up later on. So, yeah, get those pre-orders in. And uh, let's do let's do some good work. Let's spread some holiday cheer. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you know that's what we're going. That's what we're doing. That's what we're working on. So uh, let's get behind that. So we got a little segment. You know, we always do the little Q and A. Nat has the questions. I might have the answers. And if not, I usually get back to you with them. So uh, I know it's heavy mailbag. So uh, Nat, let's jump into it. All right. So let's start with uh, a conversation you had with Paulie G earlier. Paulie G starts off by saying it really sounds like they essentially took Elton Brand's power away. Job title the same, but responsibilities have either been eliminated completely or cut down. And he clearly doesn't have a final say. And you said, well, and you said, well, they're thought out and valid points, but I disagree. And Paulie asks, how so? Well, early as I explained earlier in the show, you don't have you don't just have not you just don't have a voice and have pieces fall in place the way they have. You don't get Karawanga, you don't get Didwitty, you don't get Jameer Nelson, and you you don't get you don't uh, you know get Doc Rivers who then builds his bench off of a person who doesn't have a voice. Now I don't think people understood this, but we talked about this before. Nat, they never filled that position, president of basketball, vice president of basketball operations since 2018. They swept that under the rug. That kind of was like a hand-in-hand thing with Elton Brand. So, going forward, when Nat and I started digging deep into this, like, whoa, wait a minute. 
there's about four or five positions the Sixers haven't filled, and everything's still under Elton Brand. So Elton Brand had all these titles, but didn't do anything with them because he wasn't making the decisions. We know that. Josh Harris, the Butcher Corporation, uh, Alan Rucker, Dead Cohen, Scott O'Neill, guys, guys who don't really have great basketball knowledge were making decisions. So, yeah, Elton was the front man. We understand that. We get it. But Elton used his voice. He used his voice to create the atmosphere that's going on right now down at the Camden Practice Center and soon over to the Wells Fargo Center by saying, I need basketball-minded people in this front office. He got what he wanted. He got basketball-minded people. He got a real coach. He got a real coaching staff. And now he had the... He was he's rewarded. I look at it like he's been rewarded by Josh Harris and Dave Witcher and their team by giving him Daryl Morey, where he becomes now the Sam Hankey as a sponge. That's why I, I don't you don't not have a voice and then get something like that. Morey's here for vice president basketball operations. General manager is still gonna run day to day. Elton Brand's voice, I think, was heard throughout this process where we thought it wasn't. So that's why I disagree. What do you got, Nat? The next one comes from the one and only John Barchard. And if I'm reading this tweet, or if I should say if I'm interpreting this tweet correctly, <laughs> I think there might be a little Joe hate or Joe backlash with this. So the bear with it for a second. John asks, would you rather... Keep Horford, but Joe goes, or trade Horford, but Ben goes. I got, I got one better. I'm gonna keep Ben and Joe, and Al goes. That's how you work that. That's how you work it. So I'm gonna go answer C. You keep Ben and Joe, and Al goes. I mean, let's be honest. We know Al Horford's being shopped around. I mean, that's the worst kept secret in Philadelphia. So you find potential suitors and buyers. You get creative with Daryl Morey in, in place now, and you create a package to where you could potentially free up some of the cement that you have on the court and get some movement because the Sixers need to get some movement. Dar- uh, Doc Rivers runs a, a motion pick and roll offense. So Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris all on the court. We saw that situation last year, and it didn't work. So I'm going to keep Ben and Joe and move Al. Option C. What else you got, Nat? This one's this one's a joke one. You want to joke? Always. One? I love it. I love this guy's username. Honey boy asks, <laughs> when are we firing Brand? <laughs> when when are we firing Elton Brand and bringing Sam Hickey back? Well, I mean that's a that's been the the, the talk saying, oh Sam Hickey's going to come back. Sam Hickey's happy where he's at. We all know that he's a professor out west in California. He's happy. I don't think Sam Hankey wants to come back to this grind. He looks totally different, by the way, too. Have you seen him, Matt? Recent pictures? No. What does he look like Let's, now? Go ahead and Google Google what Sam Hankey looks like. I'll tell you, he doesn't even look like the Sam Hankey that was here. Sam Hankey's ha- happy. I don't think um, that uh, Maury's going to bring back Sam Hankey. I don't think Ellen Brand's going to get fired. I know Ellen Brand has three years left on his deal. Maury signed a five-year deal. Doc Rivers signed a five-year deal. So those two are going to be tied together for the next five years. Alan Brand's on a three-year prove it. It's a three-year deal now. He's got to prove to his new boss, which is uh, Daryl Morey, and prove to the people he brought in 
that he's worthy of staying and getting that extension. Oh my God! I <laughs> see. Where where does hair go? Oh, you, Sam Hankey is in a different place, brother. He don't need distress anymore. Um, on top of that, I love. I found this photo of him, and some dude is posing next to him, and the shirt he's wearing says "Sam Hankey died for our sins." So that is amazing. Everything's just come full circle. Sam Hankey's comfy, right? Yeah. He look, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Elton's got the three-year plan. So he's going to have three years to prove himself to Maury. So my advice to Elton Brand is be the sponge. Continue. See, people like Elton Brand stay around and leave because they do what their bosses tell them to do. All, all Elton Brand did was whatever Blitzer and Harris wanted him to do. He, he, he got crucified for the things he did. But we know he didn't make those decisions. But these decisions now, he's collectively had. Because you can tell he came out front, said he wanted basketball-minded people. He got them. So they said, all right, Elton, you got a three-year deal? Let's see what you got. And I'm okay with that. So what else you got, Nat, besides Sam Hankey's look? Gavin asked, what happened to that Roy Rogers from the Bulls? Did we ever officially sign him, or is that unlikely now? That's still potential. I mean, we don't know. I don't know how, how many assistants Doc, Doc Rivers needs, to be honest. He may or may not come. Yeah, it might be too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, you still got Udoka. Udoka can stay and fill whatever Roy Rogers was going to do. We, we have no idea. That was the talk, though. Roy Rogers could potentially be joining the uh, coaching staff. Now, with uh, Burks coming over, I don't know if there's any more room, to be honest. I, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know how many people how many assistants you can have. I know you got your you always have your defense assistant, your your uh first assistant, you always have your uh your offense assistant and you got your third assistant. I know that. After that, fill in the blanks with them. But also under I do know under Brett Brown's regime, he had people who were tracking steps, tracking plays, all all into the analytic aspect of it. I don't know if uh, Doc is going to just hand that to one of his assistants now or hire someone else for that. But Roy Rogers is—I I guess he's still on the burner. We'll, we'll keep a look. We'll keep an eye on that. Keep a look on that as uh, the weeks go. What else you got, Nat? Jake wants to know how about Scott O'Neill? Is he just staying in his position, or is Maury talking about that place too? Scott O'Neill will more likely stay in his position. Scott O'Neill is also uh, CEO of. Uh, Harris Blitzer gaming. So he has another hat as well with the um, with the owners. I don't see Scott O'Neill moving. The only thing I do see, Ned Cohen and Alex Rucker, they both got demoted. Looks like Cohen might stay. And then the talks is that Rucker will be stepping down, stepping out. Because he's not happy with the demotion. But I don't care if he's not happy at all. And if kind of like you asked me last episode, do I care if uh, Ned Cohen stays? I don't care if he stays just as long as he's not making any decisions. And now that we got guys in place that are going to make the decisions, Ned Cohen, I care less. So, but what else you got, Nat? Well, we had a question on the last episode with college shooters coming in out of the, uh, the NBA draft. Right, right. So uh, you want to look into that? Uh, you want to look into that? Right, now? right. I did my homework like I said I would. I did my homework. So I like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here at home, okay? I like uh, Sadiq Bey, 21, 6'8". He's got a 6'10 wingspan, and 
you know, he could he could fill it up. He could fill it up. He's from uh, Maryland, graduated from uh, Sidewall Friends. Hi, we all know people who went to school there that are in the NBA. Uh, he's got a quick release. He's good on defense, and he's projected a first round player, first round lottery. Uh, I can see I can see him fitting in well. The Sixers got their eyes on. I know the Sixers got their eyes on uh, Tyrell Terry. Don't think he's uh, a lights out shooter, but he can bring a little moxie to the squad. Um, we're going to uh, look around. I know the Sixers have been linked to looking at um, Tyrese Halliburton, the guard from Iowa State, 20 years old. Uh, I like him because he's 6'5", but he got a seven foot wingspan. He gives you that length that you that you need on the court for for the defensive purposes. You know. They have him going in the top 10 in the draft. Uh, could go top five, but if he falls, you know, grab him. He's got he's got a, a tremendous percentage as a freshman last season. He shot 43% from three. So, that's, I mean, that's productive right there. Guy can fill it up. He's got buckets too. Desmond Bain from TCU, he was uh, filling it up last season. I looked at him and uh, – you guys might remember him. He played at uh, Texas Christian. Age 22, 6'5", 6'6". Uh, small wingspan. Kind of on the smaller side, guard-wise. He can handle the rock. He has a chance to be a first-round pick. Uh, he can fill it up. He shot 44% on almost uh, seven attempts from beyond the arc. So, I mean, the guys, he's a deadly shooter for TCU, definitely. I would look home first. Sadiq Bay, check him out. I'll give you one more. Marcus Howard from uh, Marquette. Little on the short side, 5'11", 6 foot. But once again, just because he's short, that don't mean he can't get buckets. You know, 42% from college from college over eight eight attempts. So, I mean, he's, he's got lethal range. Lethal range. And a killer step back. And he's got handle. And that's what Cuz was saying when he joined us a few weeks ago, that he wants someone who can handle the ball on the court with Simmons at, at the same time. And this guy uh, can handle the rock as well. So but that's a good question, man, that you gave us last week. And uh, I made sure I did my homework to come back at you. What else you got, Nat? This one comes from Clay Train. Does Elton report to Daryl on trades now, or does Daryl deal with trades and free agency? I think that Daryl Morley is going to be the one driving that, and he's going to go to Elton Brandon to see what he thinks. But ultimately, uh, Maury's going to make that decision. Maury's going to be, he, that's why he's the president. He's the vice president of basketball operations. He's got that title now to make that decision. Elton Brain answers to Maury. Didwitty answers to Elton. Karawaga answers to Didwitty, and so on, and so on, and so on. So uh, anyone under Didwitty will answer to Elton as well. And then Elton will go to Maury. I think it's going to be a collabo of Maury kind of feeling out, uh, picking the mind of an NBA player and now exec as an Elton Brand. But uh, definitely Maury will be making those decisions. Uh, Elton Brand will have be involved. I'll just say Elton Brand will be involved. And this next question, piggybacking off of that, this one comes from Scott. If Daryl does trades and free agency, I'm also assuming he's drafting as well. What does Elton do? Phone it into the commissioner? No. See, well, the drafting for free agency, the drafting now is going to come from Doc Rivers and his staff and Elton Brand. 
So I and Brandon Doc are going to get together. And basically, I think the whole front office is going to get together. And they're going to want to know what Doc wants, what he needs. And they're going to look at this draft here coming up and potentially uh, draft a player that will fit with the Sixers of what they have now. The Sixers are going to draft on, remember, Compliment and Ben and Joe. And uh, Daryl Morey will be involved with that. He wants to see Doc Rivers' vision come to fruition. So, I mean, to say that Ellen Brand is going to just answer the phone now and stuff, I mean, all right, cool. Nice joke, haha. But let's be serious. We all cried and complained and said that we wanted a legitimate front office. Now we got it, and now all of a sudden, we're still not happy. I mean, go figure. Go figure. What else you got, Matt? From Cody, will Maury be moving away from analytics? I doubt it. He's built on analytics. Uh, analytics is part of the game, it's a tool in the box, it's not the whole toolbox. I don't think Doc Rivers leans on analytics like Brett Brown does. I think Doc Rivers uses more of his basketball knowledge and his eye of the eye for the game, which in turn you can sprinkle a little analytics in there and go from there. I don't analytics is there is a place for it in, in the NBA, but I don't think it's your full your full arsenal. Blew through those, man. Hey, listen, man, you guys got any questions that you want answered on Philly, Philly Full Court Press? Like I said, hit us up at Full Court 76 at Nat underscore Marlowe or at Big T Will 34. So, final thoughts. Hey, Nat, Halloween week. Uh, are you doing anything? Uh, COVID's got you inside. What you doing? Yeah, COVID's got me inside. I don't, I don't really have anything special planned this year. It's just I mean, with everything that's going on, it's just I just want to focus on work right now. A couple friends invited me to parties, and I'm like, look, mm. I, got, I got too much too much going on this weekend. I, I need to focus on some work right now. I need to focus on some like career stuff right now. That way I can party later on. Okay, okay. Um, so you're not leaving any candy out on the step for anybody? No, I'll be here. Like I, I'll be here. Like If any trick-or-treaters come, yeah, I'm going to give them candy. But it's like I'm just not gonna like party or do anything like that. Yeah, man. This this is a unique situation because I make a joke that every uh I wouldn't say everyone. A few people complain about wearing a mask, but you put a mask on for Halloween. Yeah, like what the hell? Like people don't uh, uh, oh people drive me nuts. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. I'll have the uh candy out in the bowl. I'll have them all uh pick for themselves. I also put a bottle of hand sanitizer out there if they want to use the hand sanitizer. I'll set it up nice and neat. My neighbor was going to set up like barbecue skewers so they could take the candy off the skewer like that, twist tie it on it. So I thought that was really cool. I'm not getting in that. Oh, that's a good idea. Great idea, but I'm not getting in that in depth and in detail. Some people are handing out using tongs, but um, college football is going to be on. So I'll, I think I'll be occupied, you know, with that and getting ready for the beatdown on Sunday. But if you are trick-or-treating out there, please, for the love of God, be safe. Uh, Make sure you guys carry your hand sanitizer with you. Everything is still in effect. It's still real. It's still out there. Uh, Mask up. Mask up. Be cautious. Keep your kids healthy. Keep yourselves healthy. But uh, on that note, I guess we'll sign off, man. Hey, once again, Philly Full Court Press doing big things. Let's start getting these uh, pre-orders in. Uh, we'll get everything set up for next week. We'll be uh, just just pushing it. 
pushing it for a good cause. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, my man Tommy Lyons, who hit me up. Uh, I hope I answered your uh, concerns that uh, Ben and Joe aren't aren't going to get broken up. I feel like they'll they'll stay. Uh, there's no need to worry there. Shout out to LastOutMediaNetwork.com doing big things. Check them out. And uh, ain't that man? Listen, thank you, brother, for being the producer extraordinaire on another episode. Thank you for being the host of this show. Definitely gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of material to work with in this episode right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, hey, Sixer fans, get excited. We've got something to get excited about now. I'm your host, Big T. Will. That's Nat Marlowe. You were listening to Philly Four Court Press. We'll get at you on the other side. Peace.